You're listening to Parenting in the First Three Years, the place where we explore the strategies and soul of parenting from pregnancy through the first three years of life. I'm your host, Ann McKittrick. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello and welcome back to our podcast. I don't know about you, but I love to get a new computer. I am a MacBook Pro user and I'm all Apple and every time they come out with something new, I want to go get one, but I do wait until I actually need it. (laughs) But anyways, just that feeling of starting up a new computer and watching everything happen, everything is just kind of loaded and ready to go when you turn on the power. That's a tiny little bit of what happens when a baby is born and that little brain opens up to the world. You know, of course their brain is developing all the way through uh, gestation, but when the baby is born and they come outside, the brain is just really gets started, just like opening up that new computer that's ready to go. I've invited Deborah McNellis, an early brain development specialist. She's an author, an international speaker, and creator of Neuro Nurturing. Deborah has so much insight into the things that are happening in the brain of a brand new baby, and she's going to share with us today particularly what's going on in the first 60 days of life. So if you have a newborn or you're expecting a new baby, you are going to want to tune in because she's got some great things for you to do with your baby to encourage and support good brain development. I'm really excited to tell you we've got a download for you for this episode. It's called Loving a Baby, and it's just a really neat little sign with some great words of encouragement that you can print, and it might be a really neat thing to put in your child's room to just kind of remind you of all of the great things that are happening as you love and care for your baby. So be sure to check the show notes for that, and you can download it, and uh, and you'll have it. So here's my conversation with Deborah. Enjoy. So, Deborah, thank you so much for joining me today, and um, I'm I am really happy to have you on this episode because I think that this is really one of the most fascinating things out there. You have done such wonderful work in educating parents and teachers of young children all about the importance of understanding and supporting their a child's brain development. Before we you tell us about that, why don't you just kind of tell? Tell the folks just a little bit about yourself. Sure. But first of all, I want to thank you for inviting me. I, yeah, I love talking about this and I love talking with you. So I know, is- me too. Right. So um, I started with a bachelor's degree in early childhood education and started by teaching kindergarten. And um, that was back in the, a time where uh, everything was based on behavioral studies and theories. So fast forward through a few other directions, my career, I shouldn't say different directions because it was always focused on children and families. Um, The brain research information started coming out and the technology was now more advanced. So now we were seeing what was actually going on in these young children's brains and what was contributing to the healthiest development. When I learned that, I thought, well, now we have science. It's not just theory. It's not just behavioral studies. We know what children need. So I got so excited and learned everything I could and I thought everyone needs to know this. So that's where I am currently. (laughs) I started the company in in 2008 and um, 
you know, started doing presentations beyond Wisconsin and throughout the country and internationally up until COVID. I was actually in Australia when <laughs> lockdowns were starting. So um, looking forward to getting back out there in person, but still loving doing these virtual kinds of ways to share the information and then the materials that I share. Mm-hmm. And I love your materials. In fact, I, I was given your materials through um, a curriculum company that I was doing some national training for. And I had them sitting on my desk when you and I kind of had a comment conversation on uh, Facebook. And I thought, hey, you're that same person. (laughs) And so that's where we began our conversations off, you know, offline. And so anyways, I'm so glad to, to have you share all that. So what is so important about the first 60 days of life? What, what's going on in that little brain? Well, the, the earliest months, um, earliest months and years, you've probably heard, you know, the first five years are the most important in and the most rapid time of brain, brain development. Um, and then there was some research that was showing that the first 1,000 days were the most uh, impactful. Well, new research, and Dr. Bruce Perry has been sharing this, he was involved in research that is showing that now there is uh, evidence that the first two months have a dramatic impact. So it's a time where, like I said, it's the, it's the most rapid time of brain development. Some people are very surprised to hear that uh, the brain is making new connections at the rate of about 1 million per second. Wow. In these early months and years. Yeah. So because of that rapid development happening, it, the brain is so dependent on what experiences are occurring. This is a really impactful time because of that rapid development based on the experiences that children are having. And so the experiences that they're having during this time are really dependent on relationships. Other things as well that we'll probably get into, but relationships is a big aspect of it. And how a child is responded to is going to create mental models, models in their brain of what they expect, how they expect to be treated. And they're already, it's already impacting who, how they perceive themselves. That's big stuff, right? It's a really big stuff. It's almost mind blowing in a sense to think of, of how important that is in, in the first two months, you know, because if you think of a, a, a zero to two month old baby, it looks like nothing's happening. <laughs> it looks like they're just sleeping all the time. Exactly. Eat, sleep, eat, sleep, right. Yeah, and yeah. Diapers changed. Right. What can parents do in these first 60 days to nourish this, to, to help their baby make these connections? What, what kinds of things would you suggest? What are, what are we talking about? Well, as I said, relationships are a, a huge aspect of it. Nurturing responsiveness um, that is prompt to whatever the baby is communicating, what kind of needs the baby is communicating. I'm cold, I'm wet, I'm hungry, I'm lonely, I need to move, I need whatever that baby is communicating as a need, they need someone to 
promptly respond to that express need. And when that happens repeatedly, because that's how brain connections are strengthened through repetition, when things happen repeatedly over and over again, the brain connections are made stronger. So when that occurs over and over again, that that baby expresses a need, that need is responded to in a nurturing, comforting way, that's going to create that mental model of, I express a need, my need gets met. I express a need, my need gets met. It's creating that model of, I am worthwhile, I am um, safe, I deserve to be treated well. They're getting all of those kinds of messages. If that baby is not getting those responses to their cries or their needs, they are, it, it creates this fear and, and um, stress. I mean, this baby's hungry, for example, and it's crying just because it has this sensation of hunger. It's not, it, the baby can't think. So it's not like the baby can manipulate you um, to, to get these, these needs met. The baby is just responding to the sensations that it's feeling. If that need isn't met, that's a high level of stress. Um, it's, you know, depending on survival. So all of this, the brain is all focused on survival. And so if this isn't happening, the, the stress response system of the brain is, is activated. If that happens more frequently, that's what's going to be wired stronger. The connections to that stress response is going to be wired even stronger than that mental model of I am cared about, I am worthwhile, I have my needs met, I am safe. So it creates that secure attachment that's critical to overall health. It directly impacts health and mental health and well-being in life. It's all starting then. So the connections are happening one way or the other, either a stress-induced connection or a trust-induced connection. Is that what I hear you saying? You got it. Exactly. Whatever experience is happening is impacting the brain. So the brain is going to adapt to whatever happens most frequently, whether it's positive or negative. Yeah. So what about a, a, a brand new parent who's listening to this and says, oh my gosh, my baby cried for 15 minutes this morning. I couldn't get there. What have I done? Is that something that people would need to be very concerned about? I mean, would you mind talking about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, the more you can do it, the the better. Yeah, real life occurs, right? So yeah, um, the baby's crying and you're getting getting your lunch for your three-year-old or something at the time or whatever. Um, yeah, sometimes we can't get there as, you know, just on the spot, but the more you can, the better. So the more it's happening consistently, you know, a one-time thing or here and there, it's not going to be a a huge factor, but the more that repetition occurs, the better for that baby. Okay. So in your research, have you come across studies that look at children who spend time in the ICU or the NICU um, on birth, like a certain number of days. And does, do, does the research look at that? At, and what did I say about it? 
nurturing is is it, it impacts at any in any situation. Mm-hmm. So if it's in the NICU or or at home, whatever way that that nurturing can be provided for that child, you know that's a, a lot of times you'll see um, how important skin to skin contact is, and they're getting that nurturing connection. Mm-hmm. That's what's critical to that baby. Right, and I know that that's that's a part of the NICU care is right getting the skin to skin with with parents and um, and all that. So what else, what else could you tell us about the first two months and and what's happening? Well, what, what we want to do is do that nurturing relationship, but then also because the the beginning of, well, all of life (laughs) is, and all of the brain development is based on interactions with people and their world. So we want to create those interactive experiences for the child that are going to provide a lot of different uh, sensations. So we mentioned the skin to skin, that's a good sensation. Rocking a baby, that feeling of movement, where am I in space? And what kind of muscles do I have to use to to be in this position. Well, now what muscles do I have to use in that position? Those direct um, interactions, giving different senses. Vision is one of the least developed sense that a baby has. The, The distance that they can see is about the distance of holding that baby on your arm to feed them and to looking at your face. Mm-hmm. That's about the distance that they can see. So providing a lot of opportunities for eye contact during feedings or when you're holding that baby, because the eyes aren't really doing the processing, the vision, the eyes make connections to the visual part of the brain. So the visual part of the brain is processing then what the eyes see. So they have to have those experiences, those visual experiences. Mm-hmm. So positioning babies in different locations to see different things. And you'll notice babies, right? They'll, they'll look around and they'll look at this movement and that movement, and they're just taking in all of this information. So I mentioned how important it is to have that direct interaction with you. But it's also important to have them placed in situations that they can they can see shadows on the wall or leaves moving on a tree or have those different types of visual experiences. Mm-hmm. So they don't always have to be entertained directly by you by shaking a rattle in their face or whatever. And that brings up another point is that they need a balance of stimulation. So you don't want to overstimulate them. You don't want to mm-hmm. understimulate them. So you don't want to just set them in a carrier over to the side and facing a wall that they're, you know, have no stimulation, but you also don't want to be, you know, putting that rattle in their face and shaking it. And you got the sound and the vision and that can be very overstimulating. So, so we need to make sure that we're creating that balance. You know, I I find that anytime you take a baby outside, whether even little tiny newborns, it just seems like they are happier outdoors or they are happy outdoors. Oftentimes, of course, they'll stop crying when you go outside, when you just step outside. It seems as if when you just walk outside, there's a real difference in just the way things look, the way things move, <laughs> the way things are. And uh, and it seems like babies really enjoy that slow down. You're so 
right. There's so much research on showing how we benefit from nature. The brain benefits from nature. We all, at any age, we all calm down. We all relax. Even children with ADHD are calmer and can focus and pay attention better after spending time in nature. Even 10 minutes Mm -hmm. can make that difference. Right. Yeah. I love all that, uh, all the outdoor schools that are, you know, Oh yes. Placed around the country. I think that's really a fascinating idea where, where people do everything outdoors. Um, what about some myths? What are some things that people just kind of commonly believe that aren't necessarily true? Well, that's the whole intent behind my first 60 days guide. Um, it's designed around 21 common myths or misconceptions about babies. And my main one is one that we've talked about already. <laughs> and that is that responding to a baby will spoil them. Right. And that, you know, I did talk about that already. That's just not true. Responding to the baby is just the opposite. That's just exactly what they require. That's what they need. Their brain doesn't know how to calm themselves yet. It takes about 25 years for the, the, the last part of that brain that can really help to self-regulate um, to develop. And in these early months, that responsiveness is already contributing to that highest functioning area of the brain. So it's starting then. Hmm. So that's a big one. It's not spoiling to respond to a baby. And another one is the babies don't know what's happening. They're too young. They're too little. They don't know what's going on. Well, that's exactly not true. (laughs) They don't consciously know, you know, this, they can't think through this is what's happening, but they, what they do is they pick up on the emotional atmosphere. They pick up on everything that is occurring and it is impacting the way in which their brain is developing. So, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's, it's a stressful, full of emotion time for adults in the lives of a newborn. So mm-hmm. the more that adults can do self-care and some taking some deep breaths and, you know, take it, you know, while you're feeding the baby or rocking the baby or whatever, take deep breaths, calm your nervous system so that you can be creating that less stressful experience for the baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, those are two big ones. Another big one is that you don't need all of the equipment that is (laughs) promoted as good for babies. Taking babies out of carriers is really valuable. When I had my kids, car seats were designed to stay in the car and babies were taken out of the car seat. And so that's what parents, even though car seats are designed to take, be taken out of the car, that's what parents need to do is take the babies out of their car seat. They need a lot of opportunities to move freely mm-hmm. because they're I have a really good friend that's written a fabulous book called A Moving Child is a Learning Child. Her name is Jill Connell. What she says is the body teaches the brain how to think. The body needs to move. As I mentioned earlier, that, you know, the 
child needs to be in a different position and learn how they move through space. And so they need floor time to be able to move freely and not be restricted in, in these carriers or these seats that children are plopped into. A lot of people call these containers. Mm-hmm. Babies are containerized. So they need to have those opportunities to move and develop their muscles and move through the reflexes that they're born with. So those are all really, really, really important. Mm-hmm. And a, a long, kind of along with that is um, avoiding screens. So not having babies placed in front of screens, it's disruptive to, it's, it's an overstimulation for them. There are some devices that are designed, I've seen where a tablet is attached to this device that goes over the baby while you're changing the baby so they can be watching the screen. No, <laughs> no, that's not, that's not positive for their healthy right. brain development. Right. A mirror would do the same job, huh? (laughs) Yeah. So talking, singing, reading, all of those things are so important. So if, if one of the myths is, you know, talking to a baby is silly because they can't, they can't understand, they can't talk back, but that give and take of, of an exchange, you talk to the baby and they watch you. They're looking at you. They're watching their, your mouth move and hearing your sounds, hearing your voice. That All of that is stimulating their brain and their senses. Mm-hmm. So, And yeah, yeah. And just the coos that you do back and forth to each other, just those, you yes. know, those, those little sweet sounds. That's that's rudimentary conversation with that give and take, you know. It is, and, it is. And doing the, the um, what's called parentees, when you talk in that high pitch, mm-hmm. slow kind of talk, oh, you're so cute, talking to them, they do respond to that. There is research that shows that that is beneficial. Mm-hmm. And that's why we naturally just do it. Right. Because they need it. Right. Yeah, it is. It is a really interesting that that whole that could be a whole podcast in and of itself, you know, just parenties and how everyone does it naturally. It's just this kind of instinctual way of speaking to young children, uh, to babies. Right. Well, those are some really good myth busters um, that you can't spoil a child uh, by picking being responsive to them when they cry. And that uh, babies, even from the very first days, are picking up your cues, especially uh, emotional cues and the mood that is in the room, that they don't need all that equipment necessarily. I mean, you can just really limit and be very intentional about the things that you uh, feel like you need to go buy and um, avoiding screens for uh, young babies. Those are, those are good myths. So what are, what are a few things that parents could do today if they have a young baby at their house? What could they do real easily just to nourish this brain growth and development? Well, some of those things that we mentioned already, you know, talking, singing, reading to the baby, those are all so positive. Rocking the baby, that's another one we naturally kind of do. You pick up a baby and you start swaying or rocking with them. Um, that's regulating, that's really regulating to them and calms their nervous system. 
but the bonus is it also is a benefit to our own nervous system as well. So right. we're getting that, that bonus. Putting maybe lay down on the floor, lay down on the bed and put the baby on your chest and do eye contact directly. So that baby's getting tummy time and lifting up their head to, to look directly at you. Those are all um, positive things you can do right from the start. Mm -hmm. Um, Another point is um, just attuning to the baby, tune into who that baby is. And every baby is unique and different and special. And just tuning into the way that baby is communicating with you. So start thinking about that baby's development. You and the baby are partners in your baby's development. So be you know, watchful. Do, do, do they really like this? How do they like to be touched? How do they like to be moved? What position do they like best? Just tune into all of that. And they are communicating non-verbally. So that's another myth in the guide that babies just cry all the time. That's all they do. No, they're communicating in a lot of different ways. So Watch their facial expressions, the positions of their mouth. And when, when they do this, what, what are they trying to communicate with you? Mm-hmm. So that attunement is, is a really positive thing to do. Right. Yeah, those are really great things. Well, before we go, is there anything else that you would want to add? My last tip is to give yourself a break. <laughs> mm-hmm. Realize that there is no perfect. Perfect doesn't even exist. Um, everyone has a different view of what perfect is anyway. So um, just give yourself a break, do what you can to do the best you can take care of yourself along, along with taking care of the baby. So don't feel like you have to do it all. Just focus on the moment and, and enjoy that moment as much as you can. Okay. That's really great advice. And I know that that's something that uh, every new parent needs to hear, to have grace for yourself and to, to, to just live in the moment and enjoy and embrace every, every second and to take care of yourself. Thank yeah, you so exactly. much, Deborah, for, um, for joining me here today. I know that this has been really, really insightful for parents of really young children. And I'm going to put in the show notes a place where the, the link where you can go to um, find some of these resources that she's got. And what is the name of the, the one that you have mentioned? First 60 days. The first 60 days. All right. Okay. Well, great. There is, a, there is also a packet called Neural Nurturing Your Newborn. So that's available on the site as well. Okay. Great. And also in the show notes, we're going to have um, a little downloadable that Deborah has uh, provided for us. And so be sure to check that out. Okay. Thank you so much. And we will see you all next time. If you love today's episode, please share it with a friend. The first years can be overwhelming for any parent, whether your baby's a newborn or out there walking and talking and taking on the world by force. So share away. All you have to do is head to the platform where you're listening Click on the share button or the icon and share it to a friend. I so appreciate you taking the time to do so, and it really helps me support other parents on their journey. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.